What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, baby. Hello, my love. Another week, another conversation. <sighs> yep. About relationships and intimacy and sex and weird internet shit. <laughs> yeah, weird body shit. Yeah, weird body shit. What's going on? You're uh, you're falling apart, are you? Well, I seem to be having some sort of like, um immune or like auto my immune system just seems to be I think there's like multiple I'm having multiple symptoms on my in my body that I can only assume are connected because they're happening at all all of the same time right um and it's leading me down like a magical mystery tour of potential are you pregnant diseases I could have no I took a pregnancy test I'm not pregnant my period is 10 days late what? Whoa! Whoa! So you could you could you have gotten a false negative? I don't think so. I don't think. So. Did you buy a dollar store pregnancy test? <laughs> no, I did buy the Life brand though. So how much is a pregnancy? I mean, it says how, like, how much? How much are those running these days? Uh, fifteen bucks. That's not bad. Fifteen bucks for a test, or you can usually you can get two tests in the same box 
for $25 or something. And the two tests um, would be to like to get a second opinion. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know false negatives are possible, but I just don't think that's it because it's coming on the heels. Well, first of all, I just had like a little skin thing and I thought it was psoriasis. Um, but uh, you know, there's no way there's nobody knows anything about psoriasis, so you can't like get a diagnosis. Hold on. I don't don't think that's, I don't think that's. Look it up. Look it up. Is that true? That's true. We don't know anything about psoriasis and no one can give a. No it's one, an autoimmune disorder. Right. That. I mean, I don't know. Has, I, I, I truly don't yeah. know. I don't know enough about no, it. But, I, but that sounds wild to me. It's, it's hard to get a diagnosis of psoriasis um, right. or it's often misdiagnosed as psoriasis. But, right, right. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I'm having this wild like skin thing that I've had before, but um, now it's like completely inflamed and like spreading all over my legs and arms and face. And then I got a cold sore, which is another way the body goes like something's stressful. And my period is now 10 days late. So that's obviously stressful, but like mentally, emotionally feeling okay. I wasn't, I was feeling totally fine until yesterday when I kind of had a complete meltdown. Um, When you feel like that, does it make you like, does it make you do you, do you does it does that like does that like take a big um take a big blow to your libido uh yeah like i can't imagine the next time i'm going to like feel comfortable having sex cuz i just like what i realized yesterday in the height of my meltdown was that i was like having all this like self hatred for my body that's how I get and, too when I get sick. Yeah, I get the same way. And it's like I, which I is wanna, like I, like if I, if my body was not my body, I would I would I'd want to hurt it. Interesting. Like, you, you know what I mean? Not not like physically, but like emotionally, I'd want to just like put it down, make it feel. You should talk to somebody about that. That seems unhealthy. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> yeah, no, but I, but I do, I get this, like, I get this, like, sort of, like, self-hatred when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm feeling, when I'm sick, like, I'm sick now, like, I have a lung, infun- a lung infection now, and I just, mm-hmm. I come, I, I, I find I come down on myself so hard, and that, which then in turn, like, affects my everything, like, it's, 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 it, it, it oh. affects everything, like, my confidence. It's is a, a downward spiral. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that. When I was, like, sort of, like. I had come down of like my meltdown and I was like, whoa, you know, there's potentially like maybe whatever's going on is hormonal. Like there's a lot of the symptoms that are like, these are like, get your fucking hormones checked. Um, so I'll do that as well. Um, but, dude, 10, but 10 days of no period. That's a long, that, that seems like a really long time. Yeah. Is that like, what is there, did you, I mean, you know, it, you should never fucking Google what's wrong with you, but like, What's Google saying about that? Is that like just that it it could it's just like could be so often psoriasis, um, cold sores, and delayed periods can all have to do with levels of stress. Um, mm. Now, someone told me, I it might have been the woman I saw the acupuncturist I saw last week. Um, because my massage therapist said, hey, acupuncturists are really good at helping clear up skin stuff. So I went to the acupuncturist and she suggested that 
it can actually be a delayed response to something that happened months before. And the, the, the little psoriasis patches on my legs that are now like full, like taking over my whole leg, um, that were new, like sort of, I'd seen them a year ago, but they kind of cleared up in Mexico just in the sun. And then, Mm -hmm. and then, and then this year that this year they showed up like around a pretty stressful work thing that I was doing back in October. That's how long it's been going on. Mm. Um, but then they just, they just kind of recently exploded. And when someone was like, have you been, have you been stressed lately? I was like, well, I think I was managing like the pandemic stress, but, but if this is like a stress response to something that happened a couple of months ago, then yeah, like I was super fucking stressed out in November, December for a period of time and super stressed out on that job when I was like, got my first cold sore and, um, you know what though, to say, to make that statement, to say like, yeah, I think I'm handling the stress of the pandemic. All right. Yeah. And I don't think any of us can actually truly say that with, with, with certainty. It's like, you might think, you might think you are, and you might Mm -hmm. feel you are, Mm-hmm. But really, I, I, feel, I feel like time will tell, you know, like, I think that's something like you'll yeah. look back on in five years and go, yeah, no, I did good. Or you'll go, yeah, actually, I was fucked. Like, I, that, that really fucked me up. Isn't there a statistic about something like, like for seven generations, people will be experiencing the effects of this pandemic? Yeah, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I've never heard that, but that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me, you know? Yeah, I, I was just listening to our, our a national broadcaster talking about basically how, how people, how we need to rebuild mm. for people and et cetera. But yeah, it's, I guess I do think about it a lot, but my lifestyle hasn't changed that much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's why I feel like I'm doing okay with the pandemic stress. Cause I don't feel like really too much has changed in my <laughs> in my social life and like how I, the things that I like to do, which are like cooking and walking and yeah, being outside and well, blah, blah, blah. I'm sorry. You're not feeling good. I hope, I uh, hope you get to the bottom of this cause that sucks. That's yeah. Never, I'll keep you posted. I just wanted good. to list all my symptoms there. So in case anybody, yeah, great. so if anybody's wondering home. about me, I have a lung infection. <laughs> um, you know, my PFTs, uh, are, are somewhat normal. Uh, I'm on antibiotics, and uh, I should be taking some probiotics, but I haven't uh, picked up any. So there we go. That's my. There's my little health update. Don't fuck around with no probiotics. I got okay. Hey, I mean Listen that's me. the answer to what I'm going through too. A hundred percent. Like is whatever's going on in my yeah, right. gut. Like you yeah. gotta take care of your gut. You do. You do. You really do. Uh, all so right. I'm not- cool. What else? Anything else interesting going on? Uh, not in like sex and body world, although I did just get a book in the mail. Mm-hmm. Let me show you. Let me show you. All right. I got a book in the mail too. What'd you get? The way of the superior <gasps> the way. man. Woohoo. I have okay. It. Here it is. I got some bad news. Oh yeah? Yeah. What's that? Um, so we have a friend named, we have a friend and, uh, Moto community member, um, named Matthew Remsky, who yeah. has a podcast called Conspirituality. 
I love, I, uh, Leah was listening to that the other day and I was in her kitchen while she was cooking and I, I think I was taking a shit or something and I could hear it in the other room and it was this like charismatic fella talking about yoga and cults and I was like, dude, that sounds, that sounds like some shit Matthew Remsky would say. And then I came out and I was like, who, what is this, uh, what are you listening to? And she was like, uh, conspirituality. And I was like, wait a minute, is this? Let me see this. And I looked at it. I was like, oh, fuck, it is Matt. Mm-hmm. What about him? Did he have some some choice words for... Uh... He had some choice words. Okay, this is a little bit removed. Oh. So, oh, but, there so we for go. context... Get into the gossip. Okay, for the con... For the, okay. So, um, just for context on this, The Way of the Superior Man was written by David Data. Um, you and I, Jeremy, have often talked about John Wineland, yep. who is a teacher of sort of this kind of framework. Um, His partner is a woman who's a leader in the Kundalini yoga community Mm -hmm. named Guru Jagat. I don't know how you actually say her name. J-A-G-A-T. Yeah, and I I don't mean, maybe this isn't like tea, but she's been like, She's been perpetuating, I guess, some um, COVID conspiracy oh, theories. Ooh. And that's John Wineland's partner, which just bums me out a little bit. Partner as in lover? Yeah. Oh, oh shit. Well, well like you know, we, we're in a weird time. We're, in a, we're, we're definitely in a weird time, especially when it comes to... I was reading this article the other day, Brian and I, and we were talking about it, about how how... Um, there's this huge link between QAnon and like, and this is different. This is a different thing. I'm talking about a different thing right now, but like, I do feel like there are maybe some like parallels, maybe, but QAnon and Instagram, like wellness accounts, like wellness influencer accounts, you know? So like these people that are like very spiritual and very into wellness and well-being and, somehow that's like spilled into the territory of like super crazy QAnon shit. And whether that's because it like, you know, I I don't know where it stems from. Like if it stems from anti-vaxxer, which is parallel to to the same kind of bullshit that QAnon is spewing out there. But like, it's so fascinating. It's super interesting to see. And like to, you know, you take a, talking about this pandemic and talking about this this trauma that we're all in it's like toss the whole world into a bucket of trauma and just watch to see how how everyone handles it completely differently do you ever watch the show mm-hmm. the leftovers the hbo series the leftovers i don't think so it's probably the i think it's it may be one of my favorite like favorite shows i've ever watched Okay. It's a fucking incredible series. There's only three seasons, HBO. And it's basically about um, this day in like October 2016 where like 6% of the population one day just vanishes into thin air. Mm. And so the show isn't about that happening. The show takes place like two years, three years later after this like global traumatic event. 
and three years later you're 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 following um the story follows like a a a group of people that are from a town in America where statistically there was a higher percentage of people in that town that disappeared than than other places and it's basically about how everyone has has and is handling the super fucked up thing that they all went through so like it touches on there you know there's a lot of themes of like religion and and like um uh you know existential uh existential sort of crisis thoughts the themes of of like cults are a big part of it um and yeah it's it's just like it's a fascinating show it'd be really interesting to go back and watch it now especially like since we're mm. in the middle of of something that is not nearly as like fucking crazy out there and and horrifying but uh definitely something that is like tr- traumatic as hell and and will and will because we are seeing it now back to my point we are seeing the effects of this thing yeah. that has like that is, is now churning out you know conspiracy theories have never been so I feel like my I feel like if I had said to my mom like a year ago, Happy "Hey, do you know what conspiracy mom, theories are?" My mom would be like, "I don't really know what that means." <laughs> and now it's just like it's at fucking everywhere. It's like my mom's a conspiracy theorist, you know? She she's not, but you know. You know what I mean? Like be. it's she could yeah, be. Yeah. She fucking could be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it that's something that like only in the last <clears throat> 3 or 4 days actually with the uh, with this like in all this inflammation showing up in my body. Um, I've got like, anyway, I started thinking about like, I've been thinking so much about the future and like, you know, trying to wrap my head around like, what am I going to do for money next? Like, Mm. that's always the question. But, um, but I think, you know, and I, I've been like writing a lot about it and thinking about what's important and, a lot of it has to do with community and collaboration. And then um, and then I started thinking about like, I'm coming up on 15 years of teaching Moto Yoga in March. Yeah. And and I'm thinking about the studio culture that we don't really have anymore. And um, just because of the pandemic and mm. um, and like both Moto International and Moto Halifax, my local studio are like providing multi-part anti-oppression trainings. And it's just like, I'm just really feeling like I, I'm not proud to be a part of the wellness community at large because of of all of that stuff. And when I think about like what I know about, like know enough to like do scientific research on like, Mm sorry, not like as a researcher, but like if I wanted to collect information about say autoimmune disorders, like I would know where to look and I Mm -hmm. would know where to take information from. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but, but I would never want to give the impression that I like, I know, you know, like I am Mm. someone who knows about autoimmune disorders. It's like, no, I can look up some things and I can give you some facts and whatnot but I really feel like there's a, a, a big presence in the wellness community there it's like I do this I'm a coach of this thing and oh, yeah. and, <clears throat> and I can't I mean, 
I feel like that shit existed I, even before COVID though too, right? Like, like, but, but on a smaller scale, you know, it's like people. But come, now I look at it too and I'm like, that's mm, so, mm-hmm. it's so oppressive in a way, you know, mm. like it doesn't take into consideration the fact that like your class isn't for everybody because it yeah. involves standing up and then getting down on the floor. There's like so many people that can't do that yeah. because of chronic pain or, or disability or, yeah. you know, and it's just this like, you can heal like, and I, I believe that you can heal yourself in, you know, with the right supports, but not like just heal yourself, you know, mm, like in mm-hmm. that way. And mm-hmm. it's really just a weird uh, industry to be a part of right now, especially um, to like, I just don't feel like proud to, yeah, to be a part of it, but There's not a- the, the moto community is different, but yeah. Yeah, no, I get, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Mm-hmm. There's the, like, there's a, there's almost a, a slight cringe to the, yeah. to the title. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Health and wellness. It's yeah. like, ugh. All right. Anyway. Jesus Christ. Weird. I got a health and wellness podcast for God's sakes. It's <laughs> technically, technically what it's labeled under. Is it really? Sick Is boy, it yeah. not a comedy podcast anymore? No, no. Oh, they, took you, they took us out of the comedy section as well. We're in the relationships yeah, and dating. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well. Uh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, I, I mean, you know, uh, back to the book, uh, the way of the superior man, I, I'm, I'm still going to read it and yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's that, it like, it, it's that it's, and again, it's removed what you were saying that, that Matthew Remsky was, was touching on with this woman, but like, there is also, I'm finding, especially with this like shit with people who are subscribing to like blatant bullshit, you know, or it's a, whether it's conspiracy theory or whether it's like, uh, like over the line, like, o- o- like over the line vaccine hesitancy into like anti-vax, like it, where it's, it's like, it's, it's there's people that you maybe like used to admire, like their work is like work that you really appreciate and like to, and, and, and like, you know, that you enjoy, like if it's a content creator or something like that, and then they have these views and, and there's that, that fucking, I, I mean, and ha- like, I can't even, I can't even express how many times I've had to sit with this, this, sort of like internal debate of like, okay, is this a, is this a moment where I morally feel like I can separate the artist from the art, you know, like, and that's, that's just like a general term, but like, um, and, and I'm finding that I'm having that more and more and more these days when, when it comes to like, especially when it comes to stuff that's surrounding, like, you know, views surrounding vaccines. Actually, it's just all mm-hmm. about the vaccines, man. There's so many people that just don't fucking trust it. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a bit, wow. Um, my, my aunt, Barbara, she lives in Florida. Her and her husband are seniors. And, um, when all of this kicked off, my aunt, Barbara, it's my dad's little sister. She started a Facebook group called coronavirus coronavirus like facts and advice or something and she every day like maybe three times a day she posts something to it and most recently she posted actually i'm just gonna look this up because i want to do it word for word um 
What did I say it was called? Coronavirus. <laughs> you said whatever you said, it was very on the nose. Coronavirus yeah. facts. Oh, uh, I'm never, I just typed that into Facebook. I'm never going to find any. There's so many pages. Okay. Uh, anywho, she basically was like, word on the street is that the second dose has more intense side effects than the first dose. And I had, I had never actually heard anything about side effects. Yeah. They're on, what do they have down there in Florida? It's Mad- Moderna. Is that the name? Of it? Or is it Pfizer? Uh, I, I think, but I think both have been shipped oh. out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so I totally get it. When I read that, I was like, oh, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to feel that. But I mean, obviously the alternative, alternative is worse, but I've never had that from a vaccine before. I've never had like, but but that's, but that's also a statement that's so, that's such a general broad stroke of a brush. Mm. Not everyone has, not everyone experiences side effects. Okay. Typically, side effects are rare, you know, mm. like mo- more often than not, you're going to most people are going to get it and either feel pain in the arm or feel like blase for a day or two. Right. That's, that's it. I got know? a question for you. Sure. Maybe you guys have talked about this on on um, on Sick Boy, but I know that there's recently been some study on depression and inflammation. Yeah. And that really leads like my brain to believe like what came first, you know, like the depression or the inflammation, because Mm. I don't know if it's there, if it's present in all types of depression, but I'm wondering if, if not, if, if I'm like, for example, if I'm experiencing a totally inflammatory response all over my body, Mm -hmm. which seems to be happening, um, what, what was I saying? I totally lost. My you were talking about depression uh, being linked oh, yeah. to so inflammation. Yeah, I guess. And and I have a meltdown yesterday, even though I like had sort of like feeling like I was okay. Could inflammation be causing me to to behave depressed, even if I don't feel sad? Do you know what I mean? Like emotionally, like could I have physical symptoms of depression, like inflammation of the brain without feeling emotionally depressed? That's a good question. I don't really know. Okay. I'm not sure. I mean, you really are asking the worst human possible for any, like, (laughs) I mean, I, I don't remember the last thing I fucking talked about. I don't remember how we started this podcast. Like I, I have, I have no, <laughs> no room for any memories. Um, also a sign of inflammation. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of inflammation going up in this head. Trust me. <laughs> um, but, uh, but in, here's a little interesting uh, uh, study. Uh, man, we are, we are just, to- this is a, this is a very like non-traditional <laughs> turn me on podcast here. Uh, uh, but uh, that you'll find this kind of interesting. Um, it's sort of in line with what you're talking about. Psilocybin. All right, so uh, Uh magic mushrooms produces an immunology-related genetic response in the prefrontal cortex of pig brains. Okay, so uh, we talked about this on on Sick Boy the other day. Uh, This is just a giant ad for Sick Boy, everyone. Um, (laughs) Psilocybin does not appear to severely impact gene expression, according to a new study in European neuropsychopharmacology. 
But the psychedelic substance, which is found in magic mushrooms, might produce lasting changes to the expression of a few immune-related genes in the brain. Um, ba, 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 ba. Uh, they go in to talk about the pigs that were studied um, and that there were pigs that got the um, psilocybin injected and pigs that got a just a inert saline injection. Um, then they euthanized the pigs a day after administration while some of them were euthanized a week later. And then they studied mm-hmm. the brains afterwards. An analysis of prefrontal cortex tissue revealed that 19 genes were differentially expressed one day after psilocybin administration, but only three genes were different, differentially expressed in the brain tissue one week later. So they were, I think they were going into this going, how you know, this gene expression how much is it is it how much difference is there in the gene expression over a longer period of time is it a lot is it a little turns out it's a little this observation was unexpected given the profound and lasting effects that have been observed after a single dose of psilocybin the researchers said so they were they were expecting it to be more but it was less uh Nudsen, who is one of the um scientists beyond the study, told SciPost that they, there were surprisingly few changes to be observed in the brain 24 hours and seven days after a single dose of psilocybin. Hmm. Immune-related genes constituted the largest... This is where it gets kind of interesting, though. So immune, immune-related genes constituted the largest group of genes impacted one week after psilocybin administration, suggesting that the long-lasting effects of the psychedelic substance might be related to neuroinflammation. Neuroinflammation, this is a quote, uh, neuroinflammation is now recognized as a key player in psychiatric diseases such as depression with positive outcomes of treatment with anti-inflammatory compounds. Scientists proposed in 2018 that psychedelic substances act as anti-inflammatory agents via the activation of the serotonin 2A receptor, which is known to play a key role in regulating immune function. But there's currently very little research establishing a link between psychedelic drugs and neuroinflammation. So basically, all of that is to say that this little study, which there's so much more that has to go into it, right? This is one study, a very small study. It's not enough to say anything except that there might be a link between psilocybin and reducing neuroinflammation in particular in a way that um, reduces signs or or, or um, symptoms of depression. Hi, Vonnegut. Hi, buddy. For the listeners, uh, our cat has just appeared on the screen. And if you want to see what Vonnegut looks like, you can go to patreon.com slash turn me on and watch our foreplays. Hi, bud. Oh, you're so cute. Do you have a noise you'd like to make? He's usually very vocal. I heard him. He's going to cry now. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, he's been very vocal lately. I put him on a diet. He doesn't like that. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's some uh, some neuroinflammation that facts for you. It's very interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Well. Maybe you should try. St- maybe you should. Uh, take some psilocybin. Maybe you should, yeah, I maybe you should do a little dose. I have some over there. Dose up. Don't, don't say that. Yeah, maybe. Don't say that on the podcast. <laughs> allegedly folks she allegedly has some over there <laughs> oh man maybe god yeah. 
maybe. Neuro- neuroscience is so cool. Isn't it? Hey, you it's know what else is so fucking cool? Uh, what our guest this week has to, te- has to say to us. Uh, Charlotte is mm-hmm. a speech language pathologist. This is like, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of, a lot of pseudoscience and real science uh, in this episode. Uh, we talked to Charlotte about her work as a uh, speech language pathologist, but in a really interesting way. Um, Charlotte has a private practice um, called Through Speech, where she is basically uh, surrounding her 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 focus on on. Helping folks who are on the on the autism spectrum or who have experienced traumatic brain injuries or who have intellectual disabilities um, and giving them a space to uh, learn how to work on their intimate communication, um, which is, uh, as one might expect, a bit of a struggle for some people who live with those conditions Mm. and um, yeah, so it was a really fascinating conversation about communication and and the ways that we innately communicate versus the ways that some people don't necessarily innately communicate. Um, but it's funny because when we talked to her, he, there's things where I was going, huh, I feel like I could use a little <laughs> sit down with you to tell me how I can be a better communicator in my intimate relationships. The scope of, of, of when she was telling us the scope of a speech pathologist's job, um, like everything from like body language to personal space to like understanding how communication works back and forth, like a conversation. Yeah. It's just like, it's really impressive. Like that's a lot of skills to cram into one, one, one approach, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I loved this conversation. I was so excited about it. And, yeah, uh, you were you were giddy. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, and of course, we will be back on the other side. But if you're uh, if you're just watching here on Patreon, that's it. Uh, we love you. And, uh, that's it. We will, I'll leave you with my gold star. Doesn't look too bad. Okay, so yeah. Doesn't look too bad. Though. No. No. Uh, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> we will see you on the other side. <laughs> I think I I want to I want to start this off first of all by saying um, uh, I'm excited about this conversation because even though I don't know a whole lot about what we're doing, uh, mostly because Bridie does everything in the back end and I just kind of show up when I'm told. Uh, I feel like what we're about to talk about is something that could easily be uh, explored on this podcast. Turn me on. Um, but also kind of falls into the realm of, of stuff that we we talk about on my other podcast, Sick Boy. Um, totally. And, co- and, and, what, and. Well, I just like, I'm so excited for this conversation because of, <laughs> of like, 
all of our vo- vocal training. Mm, oh, yeah, this right. is <laughs> right. You know, Time like to shine. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I'm kind of career interviewing you right now. Like I might yeah, right. go, I might go to school. I might go back to school and study the stuff that you know. And yeah, so, I have a, I have an undergrad in linguistics. Um, so I learned a lot about <clears throat> things that you would never ever think about, um, such as why sentences are placed or words are, are organized in the way they are. Mm-hmm. And it is insanely complicated. <laughs> like you would never, th- perhaps you would never think that it would be, but um, yeah, it was wild. It's very uh, like meta. May I ask if, if linguists is a specific, like, are you studying language as a whole? Or are you just studying mm-hmm. the English language? No, languages as a, as a whole. So often, um, like for exams and things, we would get uh, a language we did not speak. So, okay. um, you know, perhaps even um, like a dialect of a, of a language that involves like different sounds that aren't in the English language um like a good example would be um like in german they have a lot of like (laughs) types of noises Um, we don't have that so um we would we would it gets very complicated and i know it like might be a bit boring but uh we do use like what's called the international phonetic alphabet um and we translate everything from like words into their sounds um so technically we could we could read any language if it was in the international phonetic alphabet. But we didn't this. know what it means. This <laughs> is Amy Adams's job in Arrival. She oh, is yeah, a linguist. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Remember? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Arrival oh, of you. Oh, that's the alien one, yeah. right? I, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I should. Well, <laughs> I know I should. You should if you, you like even it. If, even if you are not a sci-fi fan, it's, it's, like, it's a spectacular film. Uh, right. I totally forgot about that. What a fucking yeah, badass yeah, character yeah, she yeah, was. Yeah. Right. So and, go ahead, Brad. Well, yeah. So you're a linguist. You studied linguistics. Well, yeah, I am a, I am a linguist, I suppose. Uh, my undergrad was in a uh, bachelor of science in linguistics. And then I've done my master's in, um, communication sciences and disorders. So speech language pathology. So now okay. I'm a speech pathologist. A speech pathologist, which yeah. which for someone who's never heard of that uh, job before, what's like what's the day in the life of a speech pathologist? See, the thing is, our, our practice is so uh, like our scope of practice is just so large that I would say if if someone um, hears I'm a speech pathologist, they typically like the first thing that they kind of relate that to is um, stutters and yeah. like lisps and th- fixing like R sounds. So that's kind of the typical like. Mm you know, you're a speech pathologist, this is what you do. But um, our practice is is just insanely large. So uh, I work in right now, in addition to like my private uh, practice, I actually work in pediatric feeding and swallowing. So Ooh. because we know like this, yeah. <laughs> the old uh, the old head to the neck anatomy pretty well, um, we are in charge of the feeding and swallowing. So, so like I like a lot of babies. Any kind of like, yeah, right. Any kind of issues with swallowing or, or. Yep, exactly. Right, so, okay. so like right now, if a baby was born premature, let's say, or they had some sort of diagnoses and they um, were unable to orally eat or they um, were having a hard time kind of getting that established and they were also being tube fed at the same time, mm-hmm. um, we kind of work from getting them tube fed to orally fed. So what's the relationship between swallowing and vocalizing? 
It's all like, so basically like the, it's all located in like the pharyngeal area of your neck. So, uh, or of your throat. Um, so like we're the larynx, which is like right here. Um, we know that we know like the anatomy and the physiology of, um, the swallow as it relates to the larynx and then the larynx houses the vocal folds. So then it's all kind of like in the same area. And I mean, if you aspirate, which is probably you have done that before, I I do it. Um, If you're like talking and drinking and then coughing, um, that kind of thing, um, then probably liquid has gone down into your airway. Mm. And then you like Mm -hmm. cough and your eyes water and, you know. Why are we designed that way? I know, right? (laughs) It is poor planning. (laughs) Because it is like, it's like this. It's like stomach. Lungs. Right. Too, Good, like a, yeah, very bad. Yeah, a, a fork in the road. And if you, if, Don't if, choose the if wrong whatever's one. going down chooses the wrong one, then you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're fucked for a moment. Yeah. Um, what what uh, drew you to linguistics and speech mm. pathology? Mm. So it's very, so this like, is that, that's a great question because it kind of gets into why I wanted to start through speech in the first place. Um, I went to university and I knew I wanted to get a job or go into a field that I would get a job in um, Mm -hmm. because like growing up, I just knew that I kind of wanted um, a job where I would, you know, go to work, come home, get my paycheck, do my thing um, and not have to worry about like trying to be employed. Um, So I... And, and in hindsight, now that I'm looking back, like it totally makes sense that I went into this field because I have thought about words, communication, language for so long. Like since I was like, I remember one of my earliest thoughts about language and like words was like, why is ketchup named ketchup? <laughs> Where did that come from? Like what, what's with that? You know? So, um, so I, uh, yeah, it's like, why did someone decide that this is a water like a bottle like how did they create those sounds you know like Mm -hmm. to create this word so anyway but um i uh i went i did my undergrad i like totally busted my butt to get into grad school which is like um you know when i applied it was like a 30 percent acceptance rate in canada it was just insane so people are going like all over the world to get their um, masters in speech pathology i went to the university of alberta um so i'm in vancouver i'm on vancouver island now but i just moved back here from from edmonton um but anyway um it's like i do love my job like it's a job it's great, you know, like my day-to-day job kind of thing. Um, but I think it's when people are going to university, you kind of have this idea in your mind where it's like, all I have to do is graduate and then life is going to be perfect. I'm going to be so happy and I'm going to love my job. Yeah. And um, it's kind of a lie. <laughs> it's kind of a lie. So it's, They sell it hard. They, they sell, sell it hard. hard. And like, yeah, I just I, – I think about it a lot. I'm like, wow, I – was so stressed out trying to get into grad school. I was like a crazy um, like studier and just worrier and I, it was just not a good time. But, mm-hmm. uh, and now I'm on the other side. I'm like, that was interesting. I really yeah. like, I really went hard into that. And um, not that it's not worth it. Like I, you know, it is a great job, but <clears throat> I don't know. It's just wild. So anyway, I wanted to you know, I was thinking about like what I like to do and what I like to talk about. And, um, you know, a lot of that is I love to talk about relationships and dating. That's like one of my favorite things to talk about. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I wanted to figure out how I could somehow incorporate that into my current job. So with, or like my current profession as a speech pathologist, I should say. So um, what kind of got that idea or what kind of of, um, helped that idea come to fruition was uh, that I, I think I over, or I, I listened to Sick Boy a lot. Um, I listened to Turn Me On a lot and I would, you guys would interview some people and I'd be like, man, that, they would really benefit from some like explicit teaching and dating because even like I listen to Dan Savage a lot and, and people will call in and say like, um, you know, my partner isn't, um, doing what I want. And then in, in whatever way. And then Dan will often say like, well, did you use your words? Mm. And it's like, well, no, (laughs) they're just Mm. supposed to guess what I want. And like, I do that sometimes where like with my partner, I'm like, you didn't read my mind. Like, how dare you? That happens you know? so much. So much. But also, and isn't it's it not infuriating? To- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. Uh, when is that happening? And when is it just like you miss, you're just speaking different languages? Like, not to perpetuate the men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing. Right. But like, they're, with language, one of the trickiest parts of it is that we, we walk around the world assuming that we share the same definition of words. Totally. As everyone else. Totally. And then if you live with a dictionary on your desk, like I do, I, I'm i like, oh, I've been using that word completely inappropriately. <laughs> but, but, you know, but like it could be just, you know, I have a different relationship to the word uh, upsetting or whatever. Right, so right. And that is, that is tricky. And like, um, I guess finding a common ground where it's like mutually understood what these words mean is kind of the best way to go about it. But even like um, before that, uh, I find that a lot of like just anyone um, will struggle even to get any words out to say like, this is how I'm feeling or you're not fulfilling me in this way. And sometimes we don't have the language for it. Sometimes we don't have like the vocabulary for it. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of the strategies that I use with my clients, I, I do think that most people would benefit from, um, because I, I try to, I mean, I'll, I'll work with anyone, but, um, it's mostly those with like either social communication challenges or um, challenges from with language from like a traumatic brain injury, stroke, things like this. So, um, so yeah. So, so this is, this is part of your, your, um, your private practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier through speech is yes. the, is, is that the name of the, the practice itself? Yeah. So I kind of like my slogan was which I haven't really said, but uh, the reason I wanted through speech was because we're kind of facilitating relationships and intimacy through speech. So it's right. you know using communication to um, achieve these goals. Right. Um, and some people just need more explicit kind of teaching on how to use our words, um, but also how to read other people. So how to read other people's body language and their tone of voice Mm. and their eye gaze. What are they looking at? Like um, these types of things where it can give you like other clues that you and I probably do it automatically. You you probably don't really think of it um, where some people they don't, that's not really like innate to them. And and the interesting Mm. thing is, is like, how do we learn that? How do we learn that if I'm like sitting back here with my arms crossed and like, looking Mm -hmm. off to the side, I'm probably not interested, you know, like, um, in our conversation. 
Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, so it, it, I find this really fascinating because there's, um, first of all, I feel like this is the first time that I've ever heard of someone whose job it is to teach, um, to teach a population of people the skills required to have intimate conversations within their relationships. Uh, and A, I think it's like, so important and valuable for a, a group of the pop, a, 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 a subsect of the population who are innately going to be challenged by those scenarios, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's like super fucking important that like everybody else in the population also has like an avenue to learn how to have intimate conversations because I feel like totally. it's like we like we were kind of just touching on it earlier. We all have problems with it, but then totally. add on top of that someone who is on the autism spectrum, mm-hmm. then you've got this entire other layer that you're, yeah. that you're facing uh, with struggling with that. Um, but one of the things that I, that I, I'm kind of curious about is like how, so I understand that, that you are teaching skills, um, maybe things that would be innate to me, but maybe not someone who is uh, um, autistic. Um, but, but how much does, because when I think about like teaching communication mm-hmm. on how to be intimate or, or, you know, teaching the like the skill of love or or the language of love, I think about therapy. I'm like, totally. oh, that, like that's like a, that seems like a therapist's job. Totally. So, like, how much of the work that you do, like, do you skirt this fine line between like therapy and and language? um uh, I don't even, I don't even know. <laughs> totally. I know what you're saying. I know you're yeah. saying. <laughs> um, so a lot of my referrals come from psychologists actually. So there is mm. like this underlying psychological component that, 
that these people have reached out to a psychologist, um, possibly like a sex and relationship psychologist Mm. to deal with like their underlying kind of psychological concerns. Um, And then what I've found is that a psychologist will kind of be like, I am lost with this person. I have done all of the therapy to address any sort of underlying psychological concern and they're still not able to get what they want. So, and, and we've kind of, we've come to the conclusion that it's that their ability to communicate what they want. Um, so actually like verbally or otherwise say what they want, um, has been, um, is kind of the, what's lacking. So it's, it's not that like mentally there's something going on. It's that, I mean, there is of course like a mental component to, to what I'm doing as well, but, um, we have identified that this, the concern is not psychologic in nature we've we've determined or we've come to that conclusion that it's more so like i don't know how to read um this person's um this person's body language or i don't know what they mean when they say what are you doing tonight well i just Mm. what am i doing i'm going home i'm going home Mm. i'm reading book i'm being by myself where it's like if i was you know if i'm interested in someone be like what what are you doing tonight is means that i want to see i want to hang out with you (laughs) you know but that's not what that me says that's not what that says <laughs> exactly what, yeah right so yeah. so that's kind of where we we um where i come in and um like an example that i have from someone that i've worked with was uh um an, a middle-aged guy who uh who had a performance review at work and at work they were they told him that you um you know there's been some feedback from your coworkers that are saying that you're kind of rude and you're you know telling them they're not doing their job right and that you know you think you could do a better job and um you know this client was like devastated he was i had no idea that i was like coming across that way i didn't you know i'm just like telling it how it is um where you know uh perhaps the a lot uh, a large majority of people would kind of be able to reflect about what they've said think about how they said it and then think like oh maybe i shouldn't have said it that way but if you don't even have that awareness to like realize that you're doing that where do you start yeah then then that's that's tough so that would be a place where i would be helpful to actually talk about like we're going to talk about your tone of voice we're going to talk about your body language we're going to talk about your eye contact and like all these other social communication aspects it's it's so interesting because it like i mean we were talking about uh briefly for a moment like our our work in performance going to performance school bridie you and i Mm -hmm. and like voice work and all that stuff but there's also you know, one of the big things that we were taught while doing all this work with our voice was also like how to interpret the subtext within the, you know, within the the scripts that we are working with. Totally. And, and what a what a fucking challenging aspect of 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 like the of being an actor to to like read into subtext text that isn't there and and to mm-hmm. interpret it and to make meaning of it. And it's like there, there's a lot of, I, I, I feel, I feel silly for like equating, uh, a lot of what, what these people are trying to learn through your work to what an actor is trying to learn, uh, in order to like portray something on the stage. But it, there are a lot of like the parallels there, you know, it's a totally. And like to a degree, I don't know. I'm thinking of this like on the fly, but like to a degree, are we acting? Yeah, like well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, especially when you think about when it comes to dating, right, and communicating exactly. through dating. It's like when we when you go on a first date and you really like that this person, or like you feel like, oh, there's sparks here. Are you are you truly your most authentic self in that moment? 
I don't think so. I mean, I don't I'm think not. So. I don't think so. I think we are we are we're trying to portray this mm-hmm. version of ourselves mm-hmm. to like really make sure that we we don't fuck this up. Don't, and that's why you, know, you don't, don't like marry. Yeah, exactly. That's why you don't marry someone after you're like your first date. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Otherwise, exactly. that would be like yeah. a poor choice, you know, because <laughs> you got to right. like get to know someone. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I know someone who does that. I, I feel like I know someone who's been engaged so many times because <laughs> of that impulse. But And yeah, it feels like it feels good to be connected with someone and it feels good to like feel wanted and these kinds of things. Mm. And like, to be honest with you, when uh, when I, I am a... Um, a married gal now, but uh, before I was married and before I was with my partner, um, I I had a really really hard time dating. Mm. It was really tricky because I found that like I was kind of like no, I want to say how I feel, but then I also want to be cool, and I also don't want to be too forward, but kind of forward, but also have to read what they're saying. It's just it's very complicated. So that what you just said right there, that complication for someone like yourself, how does because that is that is obviously that those complications, which we all can relate to, we all mm-hmm. know very well. How much does that complicate the work that you are trying to do, which is to teach someone who already has an issue with reading the subtext throughout their their day day to day um and then on top of that add the the complexity of like of you know courting other people or 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 navigating relationship issues like how fucking tough is it is so tough and like the only way to really become better at it is to practice just like you guys were saying with podcasting it's like you know you're not nervous anymore so but you had to do it in order to to be not nervous anymore and I think um you know a lot of a lot of the the challenges that one might face will I think get better with time but I mean there are like in within like the social communication aspect of like speech pathology, um, there are like principles and strategies and, um, uh, like different kinds of, um, layers, I guess you could say to like, uh, to teaching someone these things. So first of all, Mm. we're going to think about like perspective taking. So we're going to think, um, about how other people think because communication can only be like successful if we both have the same, relatively the same thought. Right. Like, you know, if I'm talking about one thing and you're talking about the other thing, like we are not communicating very well. So we first need to make sure that we're on the same page. So we need to think about like how we can we can be on the same page. Well, we could go, you know, talk about a mutually enjoyable topic. Like we could go, you know, if you're interested in museums, we'll go to a museum and and, and hopefully that will be helpful mm-hmm. in trying to get us like on the same page. But then um yeah, we have to learn to like take the perspective of others, which like involves um, thinking about your own thoughts and thinking about how your own thoughts make you feel mm. and then kind of projecting that or like um, using that to help you understand how others might feel. Um, so that's kind of like the first thing that we talk about, um, how mm. your thoughts and your feelings interact and how others thoughts and feelings may interact. Um, mm. And then we talk about like your social, um, like pro- your proximity to people. Like, you know, you're not like super close <laughs> and you're not like way far away, um, you know, and, and sometimes people need to be taught that um, more explicitly. And, you know, even your your stance, like how you're standing, what is like an open way to communicate with someone, what is not an open way. And you guys probably know a lot about that. Like, I mean, I'm assuming it's like some part of acting is is your body. 
a huge oh, yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's your tool. That's your the tool right. that you use to to convey the message that you're trying to convey. Yeah, mm-hmm. and with um, acting, it's about embodiment too. So something that really interests me about working on the voice, and I'm I'm really curious about whether you've experienced any of this personally through studying it, like in your own voice, is to be able to say what you want or how you're feeling, you actually also need to be able to feel it and Mm -hmm. feel what, and feel desire and feel want. And Mm -hmm. a lot of um, the work that we did in acting school was about becoming aware of your bodily sensations and where you hold tension and um, what, you know, what, where, yeah, where you felt tension, what prevents you from communicating from in a fully embodied person, what totally you want and what you feel. So what, yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah. And I think that like, um, I think, what was I going to say? Something about, um, the dating, I mean, I, I don't remember, but, um, like even some of these kind of principles that don't, necessarily have to um be around dating they could just be like around friendship and things like this which is like often in in people who with speech pathologists who work in um in with like with children uh we teach these strategies and these kind of principles like very young um but some people didn't get that you know if if if, let's say someone does have a diagnosis of autism and they got it later on in life they might have not had those supports or they just didn't have access to them when they were younger um but those are like very early, um, early taught skills in people who have challenges with that. But, um, and Bridie, I don't even think I answered your question, <laughs> but, um, I, I'm eating up everything you're saying. But. Okay. Um, yeah. um, so like another example of someone that I had, which wasn't necessarily ex- exactly dating, it was more just like social communication and then in the context of dating because what the thing is what the issue is right now is that you can go to a speech pathologist and have um have therapy that addresses like how to get your needs and wants met in social communication but it's not focused around like intimacy and dating and the reason that i wanted to kind of be more um like uh, niche in that area i suppose you could say is because i think that as a speech pathologist myself, if I was not working in an area that was explicitly meant for dating and intimacy, intimacy, sorry, I don't know if I would bring it up. Mm. If I had right. a client, I don't know if I'd be like, "How's your dating life? Mm-hmm. Are you are you getting your needs and wants met?" Like, I'd probably just be like, "Can you ask for a coffee at the at the coffee shop?" Is like, that because uh, is that because like it seems kind of secondary to what the mm-hmm. like what the what the more prominent issues would totally. be like, like basically just getting through day to day. Exactly. Life. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so yeah. it's like, you know, in, in, in most speech pathology models, once we've, um, once we've helped someone, uh, get their, get like gain skills and getting their needs and wants met, we, it's done. Like therapy's done. So, right. um, so I, I, I wanted to bring in like my, um, interest in dating and, um, and to go back to my story before, I found dating really hard, but I did it a lot. I I did a lot of dating, <laughs> so so I I got better at it. So mm-hmm. um, and I think for me it was when I was struggling with it. It was I I grew up in Victoria, uh, and I don't know if you guys know much about Victoria, but it's about like a three to one ratio of women to men. 
Whoa, so, I didn't know that. That's yeah, wild. Crazy. So like any men <laughs> yeah. who are like looking for some <laughs> some like yeah. partners, like come on down. There's women for days. So <laughs> um so that was kind of part of the problem was like yeah. I mean, I love Victoria and like mm. I'm if anyone is listening from Victoria, I'm sorry, but like sometimes the men are kind of like sucky. Mm. Like a little mm. bit sucky sounds, sometimes. Sounds, yeah, it sounds like that small town issue. But even though Victoria is like not... I think it's similar not, to like Halifax. It's like yeah. in terms of its size. But yeah, um, right. but anyway, so, um, so yeah, I did it a lot. I got better at kind of realizing like what is good to say and what's not good to say. But then I came to a point where I was like, I don't know, like maybe I should just say what I want and see what happens. Mm. And I did. <laughs> and, 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 um, it worked pretty well. Um, because it's like a great way to say like, are you, this is what I want. Do you want that? No. Bye. Mm. Cause like, mm. uh, not like that, um, kind of blunt, I suppose. But, but uh, the reason I had brought that up is because I saw a, um, a client recently who had a brain injury and he did not know how to take turns in conversation following this brain injury. So he would just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and not never stop. Um, And, and so I would have to say like, you know, in a conversation, you have to let me talk to you. You have to ask me a question. You can't just like make a statement and just like hope that I relate to it or that I'm going to say something and try to interrupt you. You know, you should, you should be asking me questions too. And not just think, not just talk about something that you're interested in. Like, you know, I like to draw. I could talk about drawing all the time, but you know, maybe the person I'm talking to doesn't care about drawing. And I have to realize that this person maybe doesn't like drawing because I haven't asked them. So maybe I just haven't asked them. I don't know. Or maybe they're like totally disengaged from the conversation. And yet I'm still just like, and I like to draw this and that Mm. and the other, and I use this and this. And like, so for with this client, it wasn't necessarily with dating, even though it was it is very important for dating. It was more like let's sound, set the groundwork. Let's get you uh, with that awareness that you should be asking questions and pausing. Yeah, and right. then we'll go from there. Sounds like I've had a traumatic brain injury. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I I will I I it, so it, I find this really really interesting that you like the this the the. the the sort of spectrum of, of, of patients that you work with. So, so people who are, who are, um, on the autism spectrum, people who have intellectual disabilities, people who have traumatic brain injury, um, how, you know, how, how much does your, does the approach that you work with change based off of the, the type of, um, patient that you're seeing? Right. Like mm-hmm. with with this this patient who who had the traumatic brain injury, you know, is 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 your approach with someone like that a lot different than than perhaps someone who comes in who's who's autistic? It's a really good question. And I initially said yes, but then now I'm thinking like perhaps no, because right. for him in particular, you know, I did have to get him to think about like my thoughts and think right. about like my, the perspective that like my perspective and think about how, you know, if I were to do that to him, like how would that feel if I was just like, and then, and you know, just talking about whatever mm. that doesn't apply to him. And like, that doesn't allow you to connect with your partner. That doesn't allow you to connect with coworkers or friends or anything. And like, um, yeah, sometimes that's challenging to know what, what is the line there 
and you know um what is inappropriate it's very uh i think there's some hard rules in that but i also think there's some very subtle rules like mm. And, and within that is communication. You have to communicate what your boundaries are. You have to communicate what your preferences are. And it all comes down to like your ability to communicate. So if you already have a hard time with that, um, it's going to be even that much harder, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe not that different, but also I th- it is like very much like case by case, of course, but, yeah, but maybe yeah, not right. that different. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's, it's less about what they're coming in, what their diagnosis is, of what mm-hmm. they're coming in with, but more so about what the diagnosis is there. So, so it's like, yes. it's, it's like, you're not focusing on that. You're focusing on the, the issue at hand or whatever exactly. it is that you're struggling with. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Cause I don't need some, someone does not need to have a diagnosis to see me. Like they, yeah, they right. can just be like, just living it. their life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's so wonderful. You know what I, what kind of blew my mind and it's, it's kind of coming together now. Now I'm understanding why, but, um, I just recently got health insurance and mm. I was like, Oh, interesting that speech pathology is on here. Like huh. seems, seems like there wouldn't, like, I can't imagine why, how there would be totally. such a huge, there's not many, there's not that many people walking around with a lisp, uh, totally. or unable to swallow that I know of. So, totally. but, but totally. now I get it. Now I totally and, get it. And I think it's tough too, because like, there aren't even that many of us in comparison to like physiotherapists. Like everyone knows what a physio is, Yeah, you know? And, and for us, like we trained in the same building as, as the physiotherapists and the occupational therapists. Like we are all mm. together kind of thing. But, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Like there's, it's not like you sprain your ankle and you need speech therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we're like any, any person can go to physio. And, um, so that's kind of, that, and that's a realization that I had after I got my job. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's not, it's not just like your average person kind of coming in. Like there's a reason that they're typically coming in, like whether, um, it is like congenital or acquired or whatever. And like, yeah, so that was that was an interesting discovery on my own part, which I really should have realized like a lot sooner. But sometimes you don't until you're in it. <laughs> would you work with couples? Yeah, see, I, was I totally that. would. I totally would. And it's funny because sometimes I find that like I'm so focused on communication all the time, like just in my everyday life, that I'm like my poor husband. <laughs> like <laughs> he has to deal with like me all the time. Just like we're doing long distance right now, and oh. um, I had a very like speech pathologist not argument, but like a bicker with him. I was like, when we talk on the phone, I cannot see your facial expressions and I cannot see what you're looking at. So if you take longer than three seconds to answer my questions, <laughs> then it's no good. Cause I'm like, hello, are you there? Like what's happening? So, um, yeah, but I would totally do that because if someone was, um, you know, if like the, the communication is just not getting through to each other because like perhaps your partner doesn't know, um, like I find that sometimes it's just hard to talk about like our feelings and it's hard to talk about what we want, but um, we have to kind of be able to talk for or like to say things in other in any way that you might say th- something, whether it's spoken or or otherwise. Um, that's kind of like you got to you have to have these types of things or even just like for your partner to recognize your body language or recognize your um, like how you respond to things. Mm. And even like think of intimate moments as well. Like, you know, if someone is like if someone isn't able to read your body cues like in the bedroom, it's not going to be very good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so like even like attention, like you have to be sensitive enough to mm. to realize that like attention is there or like mm. a facial change is there, you know? Yeah. How how much of do you ever work with people who who like struggle with like uh post-traumatic stress disorder? That's like interesting. Like I know that I know that a lot of people who who have PTSD kind of have um uh maybe i'm maybe i'm speaking at a school at, at, at a turn here and I, I don't really know exactly what i'm talking about but okay. but i but i but i feel like i feel like some people with ptsd have have struggles with um whether it's like reading reading the situation properly or you know certain things tr- triggering them um is does that like fall into your realm at all or is that is that kind of like a completely separate yeah, I'm not uh, sure job. to be honest with you. I I feel like in those cases it would probably and more so involve a psychologist. Yeah. Uh, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why like I, I really value this my psychology colleagues so that I can kind of like we can chat about things back and forth um, mm. to say like this seems out of my scope. This would maybe be something more so that you could address. And I think, you know, psychologists probably do address some things that I talk about, but maybe they don't really realize that there's like actual therapy guidelines for this type of thing. Like it's not, you know, it's and it's it's uh, people talk about it like all the time without actually probably even realizing that they're talking about like um, uh, that they're yeah, talking about like social communication stuff. And like, sometimes, you know, I, like an example might be that, um, if, if you're like, oh, do you want to go to the, to the bar or something? And I was like, sure. Then you may, you wouldn't be like, let's go, you know, sound, Mm. sound pump about it. It'd be like, (laughs) oh, like you, you don't seem like you want to go, like what's going on. And like, to be able to kind of recognize that. Right. Mm. Right. You know? That's why I fucking. That's why I fucking hate texting with people. Yeah. Because. Yep. It, like I, I I love using the word sure. I mm. I use it. I use it <laughs> a lot, and I use it problematic. I know it's so problematic because usually I'm like yeah sure sure like I, like to me the word sure is like sure. yes it's yes yeah like I use yeah. it exactly as it's meant to be used. Uh, but if you just write sure in a text, it uh, like, the fucking response. I, yes, that's the fucking response every single time. It's like, what's wrong? Right. What you know, trying to say sure. I'll meet you there. Or sometimes, you know, someone might have the opposite problem where like they're totally good over text, and even like with dating apps. Like think of that. Think of that. Like a dating yeah. app. You might yeah. like be like clicking, doing great over a dating app, and then like some of the clients I see, then they go in person. And they're like. I don't have this time to formulate this phrase. I don't have this time mm. to like think about what I'm going to say and add the exclamation mark and put the smiley face in when really you're just on the other line. Like, like, you know, you're not like, maybe sometimes you are. I, you ain't like, I write yeah. like that. Yeah. I write yeah. with a, expressing every emotion on my face. I think, yeah. I, I think Jeremy, you've called me on that a handful oh, I call, of times. Yeah, it's, I see it all the time. You're just, yeah. Todd will walk in the room and be like, who are you phone, texting like, with that big smile on your face? <laughs> And that's great. That's great. But like, you know, yeah. if you, if you're like, um, yeah, if it's like those things that you, you can see on the internet these days where it's like, it's like someone typing and it's like, no worries, exclamation mark. And then it's like, it actually caused a lot of worries. Like, mm. you know, you say, you say something that you like, do, isn't actually like in person how you're actually feeling, but, mm. um, a great so I, acting exercise, actually mm. say the, yeah, the yeah. say your line, but 
meaning the opposite. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like even recently I saw um, I saw a patient who had a stroke and he um, had a hard time um, putting like um, like intonation in his own voice. So it was like confusing. You're like, are you asking me a question mm. or are you making a statement? Like, mm. I, you know, that's that's confusing. So like he required that explicit teaching. Like when you ask a question, typically your voice goes up at the end. Like, do I you, remember learning do, that. Do you do you, <laughs> do you tend to see more people in, in, in specifically within the work that you do surrounding like uh, navigating intimate relationships? Do you do you tend to see more people who are single or more people who are already within a relationship? Single for sure. Mm. Yeah, single for sure. Um, but but like this one, um, I mean, I guess it's like a different situation if you had like a traumatic brain injury or like an acquired communication impairment versus like not because maybe you're like older in life mm-hmm. if you've had like a stroke or something like this mm. and um, perhaps you've like established this communication already like for years before then. And then and it's actually quite like devastating seeing these yeah. these people because if I were to just lose my ability to to speak and like if you I don't know if you guys know about like aphasia does yeah. that do you know I heard talked about aphasia on sick boy oh yeah 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 so mm-hmm. um so you know like your your sudden loss of language is yeah. is horrible like I I could not imagine so you know you can't get your needs and wants met even just like. I want this and that or whatever for dinner. Um, but like, you're for sure not getting your intimate needs and wants met. Like I can tell you that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if, if you had, haven't had like direct therapy and, um, you know, I, I feel like, like I said before, the therapy that they probably would get would not address that, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause like certain therapy techniques in the world of aphasia, um, sometimes, um, uh, works off of like, creating a phrase and repeating the phrase over and over and over again until it becomes more automatic in your speech. Um, So, you know, I can't imagine that the speech pathology, and maybe like, I think I've tried to look all over the internet to see if there's someone else that offers a service like mine and I can't find it. I did watch that um, show on Netflix, um, Love on the Spectrum, which was like, I saw it and I was like, girlfriend, I see that like we're the, we're doing kind of of a similar thing. She's not a speech pathologist, but I think she's a psychologist. But she's doing like the exact same thing that that I do. Okay. Mm. Yeah. But um. Anyway, I had a thought and I lost my thought. Well, where, where, where can uh, where can people? I mean, so so, so through speech. Um, uh, where can people find like the work that you do? And and is this something that? You know, is this something that your work is servicing like uh, nationwide or is mm-hmm. it is it limited to British Columbia? Like what's yes. what, tell us about uh, tell us about that. So uh, unfortunately, you have to be um, regulated by the college that you are practicing in in order yeah. to practice. So I I am registered to practice in both Alberta and BC. So I have two colleges that I am a member of. Um, but yeah, that's the hard thing. It's like, I can't find another speech pathologist that does something like this in, you know, Eastern Canada in anywhere. And I, I can't, like, I can put things on my website and like offer kind of like these free resources that someone mm-hmm. might want. And um, I I am slowly chipping away at that website. Um, but um, yeah, I can only practice in these two provinces. So um so yeah, it's 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 
it's too bad because I, I'm, I'm looking right now at doing like some free um, education sessions with some other people in Victoria to offer to people here. But I mean, I don't know when it comes to like offering uh, a Zoom of some sort, mm-hmm. like a Zo- mm-hmm. not a Zoom like therapy where you're asking for maybe like the money part part complicates things. I don't really know. But um, I wonder like if anyone could tune into something like that because then that would be wonderful. But um, mm. there has to be kind of more than just me doing it. And it's interesting like when you start something new it's like you get it like some flack for sure you know like oh that's not like that's that's dumb like you're not gonna get very many people that are interested in that and like right now there's only me so um you know I don't even think people know to look um and so mostly it's been word of mouth and um the psychologist that I've like connected with that I've said like hey this is a service that I offer but I don't think that people know even to look so that's been like the challenge right now is is that um I mean starting a business in 2020 was like questionable decision but (laughs) like no one is dating but um (laughs) but uh i i've i've managed to still Mm. like come through with some with some patience but um but yeah so it would be nice if there were other slps like me that could Mm. that we could you know try and reach a larger amount of people because unless you live in alberta or bc i can't provide treatment i could see you putting out a a video series you know especially especially with your long distance relationship training on (laughs) be quicker to answer my message. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, in this virtual world where we're communicating through screens all the time, totally like, you know, maybe, maybe that, that's a really helpful, there's a real niche niche. Yeah. Well, you, you know, there, there are, there, we, we have, uh, we have a bunch of people out there listening to this conversation right now, which is really fun to know that. Yeah. And, uh, definitely some people, uh, who live in the BC and Alberta area, mm-hmm. um, for those folks who might, uh, who live out there and might require some of your services or know someone who might benefit from it. What, what is the, uh, what's the website and how can they find you? So uh, my website is just uh, www World Wide Web um, through speech at uh, or dot com <laughs> through speech dot com and then my um, email is through speech at gmail dot com and then my Instagram is through speech slp so I have like three different ways to access me <laughs> awesome. I have one last hard-hitting question. I know. I'm sad that it's almost done. I have so many more things to say. Look at this big piece of paper. Whoa. Is it useless. Well, okay, I'm before I get to my hard-hitting question, do you have anything on there that you feel like you got to, we got to address? Because we're not we're not locked into a time frame. No, I know. Is, I'm, I'm just, I, I feel like I could talk about this forever. So unless too. you have forever, you can be okay. <laughs> it's not long enough. Um, yeah. Uh, well, okay. My hard hitting question then is, um, as a professional communication teacher, um, who practices teaching communication, other people, where or what in your life do you have to work hard to Mm. communicate well at what's hard for you to communicate? I think things that are hard for me to communicate is anything that would possibly hurt someone's feelings. I have a really hard time with that. Like I, I am really bad at it. Um, so like when, in my dating days, I, it was not very good. Like, because if I wasn't interested in someone that was interested in me, I had a really hard time being like, nah, like, I just mm-hmm. don't think that we're compatible. Um, because I hate 
it like pains me to think that someone could be sad because of something I did. Mm. So that's where I am. I struggle. And I think, you know, it's totally normal to have like areas of strength and area of, of weakness. And basically like in the clients that I see, we just talk about like, what is, what is challenging for you? Like maybe they don't, maybe there's, their um, goal is not to do something that perhaps would be like a more obvious or like, oh, you don't want to address this issue that like seems to be a big problem um, and they want to do something different. Well, that's totally fine. Like we can uh, work wherever they're kind of at. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll even see someone like with an articulation concern because lots of times like it can be a, a, not in, embarrassing maybe it is embarrassing to the person who has it but like you can feel self-conscious if you are an adult and you have apraxia which I've I remember there was an apraxia uh, episode mm-hmm. on sick boy like what, you you that? do sound different can you explain that for our listeners who oh, haven't heard jeezy wheezy well um okay so it's like um it is challenges with like moving your mouth and your articulators articulators in a way that um, allows for speech to come out in predictable um, uh, ways. So um, their speech sounds very different um, because their vowels sound very different. So it's, um, it's, uh, I don't know if that made sense, but basically like their ability to message from here to the mouth, like from the brain to the mouth, it just kind of gets like a bit interrupted. So instead of always saying like a vowel, like an ah vowel, it might be sometimes like an all vowel or an il vowel or something like this, where it's just, it's hard to control. So, Mm. um, so they can sound really, they almost, it, it sometimes can sound as though, um, you like are hard of hearing. I don't know if that Mm -hmm. is helpful at all, but, Mm -hmm. um, that way of, 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 speaking it sounds a little bit like that i think that's the best comparison that i could give Mm. um so or someone who does like maybe there is someone who's older who has a stutter and they it's really and everything else is totally fine but their ability to connect with someone else is totally impacted by their stutter so let's let's fix that so Mm. that you can actually like be romantic and not worry like am i gonna stutter am i gonna stutter Mm. like that kind of thing yeah i i would have thought that there would be examples as well of people who are like anytime I go to ask for what I want or say what I want my throat closes like that I hear all the time totally is that like how do you even begin to address that is it relaxation and mindfulness (laughs) it's a lot of relaxation and a lot of like breathing techniques like there's um I hope I get this right but there's this one diagnosis called spasmodic dysphonia I think that's what it is. I'm like really reaching back to my grad school times um, where like you just feel like you can't like breathe. And instead of like taking a big breath, like because your vocal cords like close, um, we get them to sniff instead. Mm. And then that makes them like, oh, you can breathe. You just have to sniff. (laughs) So that's like an example. Yeah. So there's like weird little strategies like that where you're like, huh. I'm going to put that one in my back pocket for my next anxiety attack. Hey, there you go. Yeah, a little sniffing. (laughs) Uh, uh, Thank you so much, Charlotte. I was excited all day. This was the highlight of my day. Oh, good. I'm glad. I know I, yeah, I wish it could go on for longer. Maybe another time. Hey, there's there's always other times for sure. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's, it's, I really enjoy talking about this, as you can probably tell. So, yeah, I think you're going to help a lot of people. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot, Charlotte. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys a different time. Right.
Well, there you go, folks. That was our little chat with Charlotte from Through Speech. And, um, and hey, like I said at the end there, if you know someone who could use um, uh, those services or uh, you yourself feel like you, you could use those services and you live in the Alberta or BC area, go mm-hmm. check out her website and see if you can get the hookup because... Gosh, it does sure does sound valuable to some people. Yeah, it would be actually really neat to just do, you know, if you had that kind of income, to just do just, a few, just like, yeah. just a few assessments, you know, yeah, like, yeah. how am I doing at, at, like, I don't know, listening? But, you know, that's a good one to ask, I would say. Um, anywho. Did you ever take an autism test? You ever, like, do you, have you ever, have you ever taken the, the test, like, of where you sit on the spectrum? No. Is that accessible to me? Yeah, I. You know what? I'm. 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 Um, talking out of my ass a little bit here, but I believe there is one that you can take huh. that is online, and cool. I think it, I think there's legitimacy to it. I, I don't don't hold me to that. I'll look into it and then. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah. Follow up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I mean, got to know what you're working with. I took so. it. <laughs> what did it say? Not not super autistic. No? No. Hmm. No, pretty Is there pretty genetic not. component. I don't know. Again, to... you're asking you're asking a fucking idiot. You're asking <laughs> you're asking such a dumb dumb. You've I had I, more conversations with health professionals <clears throat> and humans Here, experiencing weird symptoms here's the thing. than I have ever met. I know. Here's the thing. I've had over, well over 300 conversations with people to talk about that kind of shit. And and what happens is, uh, so like, you know, we're going to record with someone tomorrow. All that information tomorrow, it's going to go into my head in, in through this year and it's going like, to get in here and I'm going to go, whoa, this is so crazy. It's going to cause some go, inflammation. Like really interesting. Wow. My, yeah, I'm going to get some inflammation. And then the next day, somebody else comes and talks, and and it goes, and then all the stuff that's in here, it's like, oh, no, can't be in here, and it just goes <laughs> out, and then it just replaces. So it's like, I only remember what I talked to the last person about. I wonder if that's a CF thing. It is. Have 100%. you ever? Yeah, yeah. No, have you ever talked to people about that? No, I haven't. But I've made, I've you know, a little bit of bro science here. I think it's because I just don't get enough oxygen to your brain. To anything, but yeah, my brain. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not getting you know enough what? oxygen in my body. I'm not getting enough oxygen in my brain. Although my O2 my stats dear- are pretty normal, so I, I don't think that's true. Okay, because that was what my grandmother said to me like three years ago when she was like, "Well, maybe he just doesn't get enough oxygen to his Wait, brain." Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? Why did you? Yeah. Why did your grandmother say that? Did you say to your grandmother that I have a shitty memory? Uh, no, I think I was complaining about something else, but you were just um, talking shit about me. <laughs> I was talking like, shit about you, and my fucking- nana was like. Well, there could be a, a perfectly reasonable biological explanation for this. Was this and Nana really or was this was this Virginia? It was Nana. Yeah, Nana, yeah, it was would, Nana. Nana would say that. God, I know. God rest her soul. <laughs> uh, all right, well, folks, this was really fun. We love all of you. We're so glad that you're with us every week. And uh, my bad about not getting an episode up the week before last. Um, I was really, really sick. Um, but uh, on the up and up. So, yay. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Sticking with us. That's it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.